0: Every day we have things, you know, whether we go, we go work out or we cook mm-hmm. or maybe we, we do art when we get home from a stressful day at work, mm-hmm. whatever heavy you, know, we have those little things that take that, you know, that cap off and ooh, you know, like right. you decompress, but when you don't, you know, the smallest thing can just make you go, you know, screw this.
1: Before we get started, I want to take a moment to thank you for listening. I'd love to start connecting with you, my listeners. If you'd like to share your thoughts about this episode or any of the episodes, watch for posts for each of them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I can imagine the energy of connecting over these inspiring people's stories. I mean, maybe, just maybe, you have the same passion, or maybe you've been wanting to talk to someone with this thing going on. Yes, we need to talk. Come find me. hey listeners! in this episode i'm talking with johnny boucher he is the founder of the organization hope for the day that provides suicide prevention education worldwide and he's got a great story of how he ended up there and the way that i found him is my brother the coffee expert in the family uh, found out about sip of hope which is a coffee shop in chicago that basically is like a hug for people going through issues and all of the proceeds from that are used to help fund Hope for the Day. So here's Johnny. Hi, Johnny. Welcome to the show.
0: Hello. How are we?
1: We are great. <laughs> I'm great. How about you?
0: <laughs> I'm, you know, just down here in Chicago.
1: So are you at the Hope for the Day office?
0: I am at what we are calling HQ3. We are moving into HQ4 this weekend. Uh, but it's actually technically HQ five if we count my apartment that the organization started in. Um, <laughs> but you know, you know, we want to be official and everything, so we'll call it HQ four.
1: Gotcha. That's uh, so exciting. people can
0: yeah. So they're like, oh, that's sick. You guys are kicking ass. Oh, yeah. So.
1: <laughs> so that is amazing, though. I mean, that doesn't happen that fast. So tell, let's tell people a little bit about what your business is.
0: No, absolutely. So uh, you know, I founded hope for the day. We're a proactive suicide prevention and mental health education charity based in Chicago. And our whole thing is meeting people where they're at and not where we expect them to be to break the silence. Because we know when we break the silence, we raise the visibility of resources. We then become a bridge in communities to further resource and also education and also opportunity for action Mm -hmm. to, you know, be proactive in your community. uh, Because you know, nowadays we're, um, you know, we're finally on board with this conversation about, about mental health. And it's just so important that we just don't keep having it after a celebrity completes suicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we need to say, all right, we've neglected this conversation for oh so long. How do we have this conversation on you know every day where it's, whether it's a good day or a bad day. And, mm-hmm. uh, we can educate kids to talk about things earlier in their lives because we were never trained or taught like that, you know, anything like that. Like when we were told to, you know, not do drugs through the DARE program or the sex ed programs or, you know, just regular education, we, we, we weren't told to have, uh, you you know, to have tools ready for when that shit hits the Mm fan. So, (laughs) um, you, you know, really that's where we pride ourselves on being because we are a bridge to resources around the world uh, but also, we have a very linear approach to our education model, and just about you know being proactive, doing literally anything and everything as long as we don't you know burn any churches down or offend people too much. We're gonna we're gonna do whatever we can to break the silence because sadly, every day here in America, we're losing 121 people on average, and that's just here in America. I mean, talk about the world, you know, we're losing over a million people now or a year. Between suicide and and the opiate crisis and just so many of these things that if we all just narrow it all down, it just comes back to mental health and it talks about, you know, those points of times where our lives change and maybe we didn't understand what the hell happened. And 10 years later, we're acting differently and we're responding to things differently because we just didn't address uh, an issue in our lives. So. You know, really that it's just there to be people that we just want to we want to let people know it's okay not to be okay because that's our tagline i love um, that, that yeah! is, that's a great
1: tagline it's okay actually i used that on a couple of people after i read it on your site like it's okay <laughs> to not be okay but i also wonder like how close are you before you know right yeah i do ask people that who have who have uh, attempted suicide like when did you know you were close to that and you went holy crap I need to back it up. You know,
0: know, sometimes we don't know at all. There is sporadic suicide. Mm -hmm. Um, You you know, we unfortunately see that a lot in youth uh, because of things like social media, the lack of social media presence, um, the the lack of self-esteem, you know, it's Mm -hmm. very, you know, knee-jerk reaction, like, you know what, yep, I'm going to go do this and that's just what I need to do. And and sadly, you know, that's why suicide is sweeping more youth than ever right now, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, you, you know, depression and, and, and there's a slew of other mental illnesses that if we're not talking about it, how the hell are we going to be able to actually be able to understand it, you know, because mm-hmm. that's what suicide is. It's it's a mental health crisis gone to the furthest point where the only thing, you know, the, the, the only logical thing to think about is to take your own life where you know, if we we think about it like a Coca Cola bottle, right? You know, we sh- get shook up every single day, and every day we have things. You know, whether we go we go work out, or we cook, mm-hmm. or maybe we we do art when we get home from the stressful day at work. Whatever, mm-hmm. heavy. You know, we have those little things that take that you know that cap off and ooh, you know, like right. you decompress. But when you don't, you know, the smallest thing can just make you go. You know, screw this. Uh, and, and, and that's really where we need to get to the point where where people understand why they do everything throughout the day that they do. Why do they listen to music? You know, what mm-hmm. does it do more than just make you feel like you're doing something cool or feeling better? What is it really doing for you? Because the more that you can latch on to those things, the more you can mm-hmm. be strategic and realize, like, all right, every airplane has turbulence. You know, right. there's just it's just, you know, a fact at certain, you know, at, at certain, um, you know, Levels while, while you're cl- climbing up, you know you're hitting different br- breaks, you right. know. And I and I just I remember someone saying, uh, you know, turbulence is just like driving down the city of Chicago. You're gonna hit a pothole you never thought you'd see before, but you're gonna make it through it. Mm-hmm. And it's just so real. And, and 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 we know that there's things that allow us to find resiliency in life. And mm-hmm. we 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 all have those things that make us tick and talk. But it's really dialing in and and knowing that. You know there's a reason why you do it and if something's going on you need to do that more right. and, and that's also there to empower you to say you know what this isn't working this isn't enough right. what's that next step because that's where education gets you know put in front of every single thing you know we right. have the ability to educate people and get them further involved with understanding what's going on and it's not to just take care of themselves but it's also take care of each other around us you know like it's so funny. I, I feel for the first time in many years since technology has really taken over our lives, we are finding more reasons now to reconnect with people. Right. And right. sadly, it's you know far too often in these you know very personal situations, whether it be um, you know whether it's weddings or a funeral or like a reunion, you know these epic you know times in our lives, or mm. it's. You you know, uh, yeah, the holidays or it's, you know, but then it's also like, is it always at a bar or whatnot? You know, when you start to really realize like where you're going and why you're doing it, Mm -hmm. I think you, you get to a point where you find your really where your support system is. And we can't find that on the internet. Now, when we all get together the first thing everyone does is play with their damn phones. But, um, (laughs) you know, know, a plus for getting together folks. Now you just need to have those conversations because, that's how we get reassured in life uh, that, you know, it's going to be okay. And, well, and yeah, well, yeah. you know, what we're going through is, is, is actually very common. And the more that we talk about it, the more we realize that, you know, re- realistically, we all eat, sleep, shit, and cry. Right,
1: <laughs> you know? exactly. I was wondering if there's a way we can use technology even to help people. Like I thought when you started saying about, you know, knowing what tools to use that work for you, I thought we almost need like an EpiPen of my, like a list of my things I need to do when I'm getting really sad or really Mm -hmm. like shaky. Like it's almost like that. Or what if I had an app? I click on that app and it's got my list of things that I know help me. Like listen to this playlist, go out in the sunshine, get in the woods, you know, call my brother or whatever it is, just so that I can get out of the funk, not even on the edge, but just out of the funk before it gets to the edge. So I think we could use technology in ways to make the reach out less intimidating and more accessible.
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, that's what, you know, one of our strengths as an organization is our branding and our our social media appeal. And that's why, um, you you know, when we launched sip of hope as a coffee bar idea, um, you know, it it had gained some steam as a coffee bag that had resources, but when we made it something that people could actually physically go to, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it became more of an idea, and it's because that's what society needs. You know, when you walk in a sip of hope, it's you're greeted with this massive sign that says, it's okay not to be okay. Right. You know, on the back wall, it says, have hope, and, and like, you know, it's just, it's a very welcoming and warm space. Right. Um, and, and, it's like, that's why we, what we do really well is our, co- you know, branding, our collaborations, Um, there's, there's a lot that we focus on because we're stronger together and why wouldn't we do cool shit with cool people, (laughs) cool brands, right? Uh, you know? So when this is like a stepping stone for us, you know, we've done beers, which is very rare for a mental health organization. And I just refuse to point the finger at alcohol as the reason why people think depression is a thing. So I I just, I'm, I'm, I'm here I'm like, I I always say this, I'm always one with the underdogs, you know, Um. I don't buy into the traditional, um, BS and banter right. that it is, you know, and I remind a lot of our mental health um, allies uh, in the community, whether locally and nationally or internationally, is that, you know, we're scrapping for the same dollars, and it sucks because it's like a West Side Story knife fight, but right. here at Hope for the Day, we'll, we're going to keep doing the things that we do best, and that's working with everyone, and everyone has a seat at our tables, and we're in the table building business, uh, as well as the coffee business, as well as we have a rental property that's <laughs> an airbnb so you're busy um, oh you have, yeah. you have an
1: airbnb too wow.
0: yeah we were gifted a lovely um lake house up on lake winnebago and um it's you know it's it's used for retreats for us and our staff and our board and then we use it as an airbnb to bring in revenue for the organization because we were uh, it was gifted to us and we realized that you know it's so beautiful if we mm-hmm. can't use it why not? Offset some of the expenses, you know, taxes right. and whatnot. That's but, a
1: great idea. I want to yeah. use that. How many people can it hold?
0: Um, yeah. <laughs> On Airbnb, I think it says eight. Oh, I was going to, um,
1: like, get the whole family reunion up there, so. <laughs> oh, it's, it's it's big,
0: you know. I mean, depending on how, like, my, my family could never fit up there, right? My, my dad's side of the family is massive, and my mom's side of the family is dysfunctional, but they'll still get together. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, this whole thing, you know, Hope for the Day was really born out of this idea that I could take how my life had been impacted and also my, my two really big main Joys in life, which were music and the arts, and I left my job in the music industry after my boss, Mike Scanlon, completed. He was number nine on the list of sixteen people that I know personally who completed suicide. And I'm only thirty-three, and I and I, as it's tattooed on my <clears throat> on my left hand, it says, you know, see something, say something, mm-hmm. and that's all I started doing. I started using my platform as a promoter in Chicago to not only continuously bring people together, but also. Started getting on the mic, started saying that there's resources in the back, you know, that I kept losing people, and the more I talked about it, others others wanted to talk about it. Uh, they either wanted to get the help, or they wanted to be the help, and mm-hmm. really, when when all you're trying to do is attach yourself to communities, you know, the best way to do it is meet them where they're at and not punish them. Where mm-hmm. traditionally, a lot of mental health uh, services and the way that just the way that's advertised is if you're if you're depressed call this number it's like (laughs) it
1: feels shady it feels shady and embarrassing like there's a flaw yeah Yeah, like
0: you're you're traveling down this dark tunnel by yourself when in reality it's it's like the coolest water slide at the at the park and you just (laughs) don't realize it, you know because everyone is riding it whether they like it or not right but you know the more that they're you know, just doing what they need to do to get through the bumps and the scary tunnels and, and, and eventually the, the gigantic waterfall at the end, you know, like they're going to make it. They're going to get it out. And right. and the ones that don't, you know, those are the re- why why we fight harder every day. Because that's the only option that we have.
1: Right, right. You know, I was wondering, so we kind of went over how you became the spokesperson for this cause. But can you share a couple of like super success stories where you feel like, you know, you can tell that this work just save somebody. Do you have those stories in your, um, collection as well?
0: Uh, I mean, it's more like I have, you know, external hard drives of of these (laughs) stories. They just haven't been put on there. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's so many, uh, well, just to kind of set the tone for this. I am very, very, um, I'm not good at taking credit because I don't like to take credit. Mm -hmm. So, the best way to understand how we serve at Hope for the day is, you know, write on a piece of paper, me, cross it out and put we. Okay. And and that's just how you, you wake up and that's what you realize every day. You know, we get very, very lost in especially this technology and phones, you know, like we get very lost in this individual life where we get we, we feel like we're the only ones, but I knew that, you know, for me it was it was just gonna be a thing that, you know, the more I talked about it, the more others would want to talk about it and that you know, more people were obviously losing people. Mm -hmm. But also that there's a huge opportunity to save those who are maybe struggling. Mm -hmm. And uh, because a statistic that I I absolutely hate is, you know, for everyone that completes here in America, about 100 attempt Mm -hmm. every day. So you think about that, 121 people take their lives every single day on average. And then for each one of those, a uh, hundred more attempt. I mean, oh that's my how gosh.
1: I, I, I like you, when you, you say that, it's on, it's just unbelievable.
0: Yeah, we're unbelievable. talking thousands of people, you know, right. and like for me, every day, yeah. And, and for me, I go, okay, how do we focus on those? Because mm. I, you know, the only way to bring the 121 down just here in America is that we got to get ahead of it with everyone else, right. So, and, and you know we've we've been there so many times. I mean, there's there's you know especially with the coffee shop. We'll take the coffee shop for example. Like, we had a family drive down from Canada because her father, this girl's father, wanted to say that we saved her life. And immediately, I just said, "No, she did." <laughs> and uh, like, I think the guy accepted it finally, mm-hmm. and he was like, "What?" And, you know, I'm like, hey. And I always say, I, I just got back from, you know, speaking all across Europe and the UK. And we've been going over there for five years. And uh, this girl came up to me in Munich, Germany, and said, in 2015, I met you and you just, you just said, hey, you know, take a minute, like just remember your breath. And I gave her a hug. And she was in such a horrible place, but she found herself, uh, reaching out and she combated for what she was going through mm-hmm. but she came up to me this year and like brought like five of her friends mm-hmm. and I was like this is the guy that saved my life and I was like no, no 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 you did and she's like yeah but you gave me time when no one did and and I was just like oh all right. and she's like can I have a hug and I was like, like alright everyone he's the guy I said gives the best hugs and I was like oh I guess I'm going to give everyone a hug but um <laughs> You know, I, I just, I, I remember one of the first times this all ever happened to me um, when someone came up and was like, "What well, the work you're doing, you know, saved save a life. And it was in 2012. I started the organization in late 2011. And in 2012, there was just a lot of R&D throwing stuff at the wall, trying to figure out what we could do. So I set up an event um, down in uh, Bourbon A, Illinois at... Uh, the university down there and i remember speaking and just letting people know why it was important what we were doing and and why it was you, you know important to understand that tonight was the start of a new way of doing things on this campus yada yada mm-hmm. and this girl came up to me and said hey i just want to say thank you and i said for what and she goes you saved my friend's life and i said well what do you mean and she goes at a concert you recently put on you Uh, had a table and this girl was walking back and forth and you just stopped her and you said, Hey, are you okay? You know? And she, Uh she, she got the resources that she needed and she actually went home instead of killing herself that she planned on doing after the concert. She, called the hotline number. Then the next day she woke up and started combating all the stuff that was going Wow! Her life. Wow! But her friend, you know, not knowing her friend was going to say that or anything, it just caught me off guard. I was like, holy shit, mm. <laughs> you know? Um, but like there are thousands of people who have said that we have played a role in their life and, mm. and their recovery. And that's just so beautiful because I, I realized that as our organization has grown into this sort of, this bigger organization, we have more people working for us and doing more work with us. So it's just, it's so awesome. It's just, it's just trippy to go, wait a minute. You've saved thousands, if not more, of people's lives. Mm-hmm. You spoke to over millions of people and and you just – you keep showing up like you should be proud of yourself. So at those moments, I'm like – I get a little teary-eyed and shit. I I'm bet. Like, oh, all right. <laughs> I bet. I'm it's... like
1: goosebumps head to toe here. I mean well, and, just and, and, to think and, that like just by doing something that lit you up that you felt like you was so important that you would turn your life upside down to do – yeah. You're making a yeah. difference, you know, and even though it's not easy, you know?
0: No, absolutely. It's it's not easy at all. I sometimes go, why would you do this? <laughs> you know, like, I understand, but like, why? Um, but those are the days that kick me in the ass and, and, and we get through them. And that's great, you know, because we're fighting not only in the mental health crisis, but we're also fighting just trying to be a charity who's honest. Mm-hmm. And in the mental health crisis, which there's not a lot of funding, so we have to be very creative and we want to grow beyond our wildest means, you know, like Mm -hmm. sip of Hope has its own world that it could be in. And, um, our education uh, and our outreach efforts can be maximized beyond more. And it's just like, just to think what we've done and go, what if we had more support? You know, it's like, but, you know, we keep, we keep fighting and it's, it's cool. And it's, it's, um, you know, it's a labor of love and we do it with a lot of people. And Mm -hmm. that's why I always say, you know, it's not about me, it's about we. And, um, I just, I, I, I refuse to believe and and think differently, you know, mm-hmm. because then it just becomes the Johnny Boucher show, which is just not That's cool right. with me. And I, right. uh, and that, you know, I, I also think about things like founder syndrome and stuff like that, where I just really try to keep this as, as like a, as a communal collective of people who give a shit and refuse to be silent about mental health. And uh, you understand that even us as an organization fall down, but we still get back up.
1: Well, and it's really something that every day it starts again. It's not like, yeah. oh yeah, we did it, we're good. It's like every okay, it's it's now Thursday. Let's start again because Great. the thousand twenty-one people on whatever it is, thousand one hundred twenty people need me again or need yeah. this again. So, how do you keep yourself going? This could be a tough, uh, tough fight to fight. How do you keep yourself fresh and you know able to get up and fight it every day or serve it every day? I guess that's probably a better way to say it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I get asked that question a lot, and I oh, tell man, people. I'm, I thought that
1: was a new one. Sorry. No, no, <laughs>
0: no, no. I, I, I do. Excuse me. Because I also our our organization can be very demanding at times mm-hmm. of our our staff's time and our team's time, where we're all working, you know, crazy schedules. Um, especially me, because I am like I, I'm I'm always like hope on the go. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like. Grab my bag and and I can survive for a week out of like a, a you know a messenger bag, and people are like, why why do you do this? I'm like, oh why not? why if if I don't do it, I wonder who's gonna do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also like it allows me to build a really healthy practice of understanding how my you know, take care of my body, how to take care of my mind and my soul and. I don't take days off. I take hours off each day, Mm -hmm. and it's really, really healthy and productive because I try to give that time to myself where there's no distraction, meaning, you know, no social media or any other like outside, you know, I guess meaningless influence, if you will. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't like to waste my time, Um, so I like to read a lot. I've I've done, you know, I've done a a tremendous amount of um, enhancement on my practice with yoga and. I just, um, I'm in a different place, you know, where a couple of years ago it was just nonstop. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's been fun to kind of be able to step back and go, wait a minute, you don't have to like wake up with like heart palpitations every day. Right, <laughs> you, know? right. you, you, um,
1: you, you dress up as a superhero every day, but that doesn't mean you're, you know, you are one, you're still human, you know?
0: Oh yeah, for sure. So it's cool. Cause as I am 33, and, and before we know it, my birthday will be in July, and um, I just, you know, I think that it's cool to be in demand um, of of like this what this organization has going on, and the I, I recently started working with a um, an executive coach, and on on how do I maximize splitting my time between my personal life and the organization. And it's about having these goals that are right in front of me that I can constantly be checking in and creating a really good balance. Mm -hmm. Um, But but it also just comes with understanding how, you know, like I don't, I don't have to be at every social event in Chicago anymore. Uh I don't have to, you know, try to stay out late. You know, I've, I took a, I recently took a a, a 45 day no drinking challenge. Not that I have any problems or anything like that. It's just like, Hmm. Yeah. Maybe you know, because I, I was putting together our five-year, our, our next five-year plan to submit to our board and start mm-hmm. working on getting more funding. And I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I should do that. And like, well, why don't you work on something else too? Like, why don't you do a 45-day challenge? And actually, today is day 60. Um, I just kept going, and I was like, Ah, oh, whatever, you know. And I, I did it at a very different time when I was in, when I'm in Europe and I'm speaking. Literally, my rider is like a wireless mic. Mm-hmm. And and you know, good beer because like <laughs> European beer is amazing, <laughs> right. Um, that and like, you know, meat and cheeses. but I um, I don't know, I, I just I really focus on on how we are growing as an organization and how am I growing as an individual and, and making sure that I prioritize things like making sure I spend time with my parents, mm-hmm. quality time, not just, nice to see uh, you know had a quick
1: Skype or something no no yeah.
0: my parents my parents live about an hour away and and um right now they're actually doing a huge thing for um me because my oldest Pipple blue I got two Pipples. they're uh-huh. like Pipples are my favorite dogs
1: uh-huh. I know I, my son uh, has one it's so she's so awesome
0: oh, yeah yeah no but my my oldest one Pipple or my uh, blue um he uh He is, you know, he's getting up there and he has started, you know, showing the struggles getting up to my apartment. I live up on Uh, the fourth floor and usually he would just haul ass up there, but you know, he's starting Uh, to, yeah, you know, so uh, I, I, we had that conversation with my family and my parents decided that they would take him because, but then they realized that that meant taking the youngest one that we have a three-year-old named black and uh he is uh he has rejuvenated Blue's life in many different ways, uh, to the point that Blue is now sometimes the chew, uh, chewer of shoes instead <laughs> of uh, the youngest one. But um, you know, it's really hard to split them up. So my parents decided that they would just take them on you know, um, until until Blue, you know, goes up to puppy heaven and <laughs> does his thing. But he's uh, he's more of our family dog than my dog. But okay. Uh, I I often am caught with like the vet bills and stuff like that. So do you miss uh, them
1: li- do you miss them like crazy though?
0: Yeah, you know, and it makes it makes going to see my parents just as much as enjoyable, if not more. Right. And it really makes you go. You know what? You know why why, why don't you go up Saturday night and drive back Sunday? You know, right. it's only forty five minutes or an hour or whatever. It's not that big of a deal. It's right. like that little bit of time waking up, having coffee with mom and dad. Oh, that's and, the you know?
1: best Cherish Yeah, that. like, that's oh, the best. You know? Yeah,
0: and 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 that's the thing. I'm I'm so busy all the time, but my mom, it's like the the unspoken rule. Like if I'm in town and you know. I, I'm, I'm not, you know, doing anything near nearly as important as like delivering a baby.
1: Right. Um, I,
0: I, gotta be at breakfast on Sundays with my parents. Which <laughs> I, I think it's just such a fun rule. I know. Um, do you actually deliver
1: like, babies? Is that part
0: of what n- you do? N- no. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, just to that degree of important importance, okay. but you know, it's just, it's just funny to, um, to, uh, to me, how life changes so quickly and you don't even recognize it where, um you know there there you think about it and it's like it almost makes you sad you're like well you know those moments that you once had like the last time you stayed you slept in your own bedroom at your oh, parents house you know like yeah. holy shit you, you know like the last time you you uh, hung out in the backyard before right. you know, you you know these little things that you can't bring back anymore and and you you sometimes get caught up in like not being able to cherish it and I and I tell people especially makes dating very fun i'm like oh you're not a family type person sorry like
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's a clear deal breaker huh oh yeah for sure no for
0: sure people sadly people who didn't grow up with the best family situations um you know know, it's it's not their fault but they carry that with them where my parents will like either make you a believer or it's just not going to work out you know (laughs) like um
1: I hear you. I mean, I grew up in a great family, I my parents are gone now, and I miss them like crazy. And if I could go back and just sit with them in their, you know, living room, that would be the best thing. So, oh yeah, keep soaking and, that up every day. Yeah,
0: and you know, it, just, it means a lot to to them because yeah. they're, on, they're they're like everyone else. They're on the sidelines cheering, and they go to they come to every event. They do Aww. they do a lot, you know. My mom, <laughs> my mom, one time was uh, at one point in time she was on our board of directors, uh-huh. and we didn't know because like. I literally started this organization, I was, I had no idea about running a, a charity, and I still claim that I don't have any clue today, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> taking it till you make it, but Nonprofits for Dummies, it was one of the funniest books that I ever bought, because I was just like, I don't even know what half the hell these, you know, terms mean, uh, thankfully they had the, uh, you know, they had that all in the back, um, so I could cross-reference, but it was just hilarious cuz i didn't know that you couldn't have like in illinois there's strict nonprofit like board laws so okay. it's like a you know it's like you you can't have anyone from your family on the board especially if you're receiving compensation which i receive a, you know a salary from the organization but okay. like my mom my mom can't vote on that so we had to kick my mom off the board and she, she took it so hard. I was like, it's not you. It's, it's me actually. It's, (laughs) It's what we need to do. But, well, let um, me be
1: on the board, and your mom can tell me what she wants me to vote. <laughs> oh, wait, oh, did me. I say that out loud? <laughs>
0: yeah, believe really, me, mean, she she still knows how to, to work the uh, work, <laughs> work the floor uh, okay. at our events. But yeah, it, it's just um, you you know, family is really important I mean, It keeps you really grounded, so it's it's good. Um, my uh my brother and i currently uh live together we live over by the united center and he does um a lot of things in the music industry when it comes to like festival production and, and a lot of things are on the like the edm world the you know the oh
1: duh, duh, right
0: yeah uh-huh. yeah so um it's good because i I've, I've really influenced him and it's it's nice to come back to that mm-hmm. um you know and it's I think for him, he's like, wait a minute. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to buy a place next year. He's like, what? And I was like, yeah, that means like, I want to you know, move out and I'm like, you're going to have to find a place what? to live <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny. Like, we're, we're tighter than the mob, my family. Um, mm-hmm. But my parents do have the, uh, a sign in their house. This so is where we put the fun and dis- uh, dysfunctional. So
1: <laughs> that's good, though. That's just what yeah. you need to do this work, no. right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, nice. it's, and it's cool because they've both lost um and obviously uh it allows them to be kind of an older um you know an old, older demographic talking about this within their own friendship groups and uh in their community and and being in their 60s you know especially like my dad who uh never admits it but he's part of like the old stubborn you, you know grown up phase where certain things no, no 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 you know like come on man yeah it is and then you know he finally comes around on certain things but it's just you know, it's because that's he was never told what to what to say, you know, but then he can also be that guiding force for his friends who are going through right. some shit that I don't know about, you know, which is, I'm not here to, to, and here's the thing, I'm not here to tell everyone how to live their lives or anything like that. And, and my mom told me a long time ago that I'm not going to be able to save everyone, which, which was really hard to understand at first. Right. But I said, you know what? You're right. I just won't be able to, like, that's physically impossible. Like accept that and just move on. But like, know that like you're doing more every day than most people are doing and it's not to say you're better than anyone but you know you just it's part of like certain revolution so you know and you saved
1: one okay so right there you know like the one thing that one of the many things that makes me so sad about suicide one of the many many things is just that that person didn't live to their highest potential like the the magic that they came into the world to give is missed, is gone one of the things that i think i'm always stumped with the most is how nobody saw it coming they just you know going. gone
0: yeah like,
1: what is that
0: yeah no no uh, uh absolutely you know my my aunt uh, on my mom's side she uh, my mom's side of the family has like a long line of alcohol abuse and um you know it's played into my life because like i don't <clears throat> i don't necessarily you know not drink, but, like, I know the signs, and, like, mm-hmm. I, I recognize that sometimes, and that's why when someone's like, you're not going to drink for 45 days, I'm like, dude, who gives a shit? It's like, right. it's, so, it's not its not like we're going to be depleted of the, of all the <laughs> alcohol resources that we have. I'm like, you know, Wisconsin's just the north, like, we're good. <laughs> um, hey,
1: that's where <laughs> I am, so. Uh... Oh, I
0: know, I know. I mean, you you, you got to realize my mom, you know, my, my mom's from Antigua, Wisconsin, like, you know, she, she knows all about it. You know, oh, I, yeah. I grew up, I grew up going up there all the time and, and just having to face it, you, you know,
1: right. look
0: at it right in the face and be like, holy hell. Like, you know, my, my, my parents were worried about it. Cause like when I started touring younger in life, they understood that like part of being punk rock was, you know, being able to handle your own when it came to drinking, uh,
1: right, <laughs> right. That's what I mean, that is one of those professions that everybody just assumes there's going to be a lot of drinking going on.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, it's the the quote unquote rock star lifestyle. like right. you, you know, your parents think you know. All right. Well, my kids aren't playing arenas right now, but they're playing shows. You know, like they're having fun. You know, like kicking up dirt. You know, it's like the same shit that they were doing right. when they were kids. Just. They're a little different you know mm-hmm. but like you know, there's that that adventurous behavior that we're all supposed to you know go through and we're, gr- we're growing up and um, you know I think that that understanding my parent my, my, my mom's family uh, and the issues that were going on um, was really important to me and, and gave me kind of like a check- in place because my uncle John who uh, you know you know he was the other one that from my mom's side that we lost to suicide was you know, he drank himself literally to death mm-hmm. and he, and he knew, it. He, he knew right where it was, but you know, it's just like, you, you know, anyone who battles heroin and overdoses, you know, it's like our bodies are not made to be bulletproof. Uh, mm-hmm. and, um, when we're addicted to things, we're addicted to things and it's, it's a mental health issue. It really mm-hmm. is. But we chalk that up as, you know, the opiate crisis or, you know, like, or
1: just alcohol, like alcoholism yeah. as though it's, you know, just a choice
0: yeah oh, you know, that's from alcoholism. Oh, okay, cool. Like what the hell does that mean? You know, right, like right. so so for for me, my parents and I, we were very open with things. But when my aunt completed, um my cousins were like, well, first they called me and they're like, well, you started this organization, so you got to call everyone. And I was like, well, this fucking oh, sucks. Right. Right. <laughs> um, uh, you know, that was like one of the hardest days of my life was calling my mom and being like, so oh. Tammy, you know, and they didn't have a good relationship. So it wasn't like the best way to like be the bear of bad news, you right. know, but I, I, I've i been called the moderator in many situations in my life. <laughs> like, yeah, voluntarily I can tell that. though. <laughs> I can tell that in you.
1: Yeah. But yeah. I think you've yeah. got a good... um you don't, uh, you, you got like a good balance, right? So yeah. it's not going to take you down. One or the other isn't going to take you down.
0: That's well, the that's a key word yeah. right there is balance, mm-hmm. you know? And like, my, the thing about my aunt was that she was completely unbalanced. She was, mm-hmm. you know, still battling a lot of issues with her alcohol abuse. She was on a bunch of meds for her antidepressants, but mm-hmm. she was going through a bunch of chemical changes and became unbalanced because of the mixture of alcohol and different, you know, chemicals from these, you know, meds. And the scariest thing about taking meds for people like mm-hmm. who don't take them is when you hear the side effects saying this is going to cause you to feel suicidal, you're like, well, wait, how right. are going to take this to feel better? Exactly. Um, exactly. You, you, know, it, you know, so it's like, it's, it's kind of a scary thing. But for my aunt, she just, um, talked about a lot that, you know, she manifests, I guess this for a long time and people were saying, my cousins were saying, yeah, my mom would always say that she was going to go outside and gas herself, but then she would oh. always really just joke about it. And, like, you know, she knew that she had to stick around for the kids. But, you know, when she was uh, her – my my aunt didn't have the best luck with her – well, she might have brought, brought it upon herself. But, um, you yeah. know, she had a couple of different husbands, mm-hmm. you, you know, in her wife's time. And, um, and then she's dating this guy maybe shit were they married i think so yeah actually yeah this was like your fourth marriage i think wow um they were out in, like the boonies by kind of rockford area and uh you know she she was you know on her own for a couple of days he was a truck driver and going through this she recently just had this you know this med change and it just created mm-hmm. this complete unbalances in her life and she just went out and did it, you know, uh-huh. and it was, it was sad, you know, it was very sad, but it's constantly been a reminder to, to make sure I check in with, you know, my, 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 myself. Um, and you know, also like my mom, you know, because my, my mom is just like you, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you know, like the weather right now kind of throws her off. Right. And, and it's interesting cause you're from, you know, you're in Wisconsin. She's from right. Wisconsin. Right. We actually talked about how, in the winters would be in her youth right um you know and how cold it would get and how it just reminds her of you know that part and i'm like well that's you know that's very common you know right. like we we we've done work in you know scandinavia and like mm-hmm. hell yeah i mean like that's some wild stuff you know but people you know just figure out how to get through it and um that's the thing that you know we always have to keep focusing on it's just what, we need, what, can we, what can we learn? Because right now we're at a phase where we're, we're, we're very much, we need to be the listeners, um, mm-hmm. both when it comes to our friends and our family, but also the education side, because we're not there right now. Right. You know, people are still like, hey, like my friend's not feeling, you know, good and wants to harm herself. Like, what do I tell her? And it's like, well, hold on, one like, second, you know, like we should know what to say, um, but we don't, and that's the scary side of it. So, well,
1: and that's why you should have an app. And I don't mean to go back to technology all the time, but like, <laughs> like that's sometimes that's what I need. I need the script in front of me of what to say right now to a person. You know? Yeah.
0: No, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, we offer that stuff. But like, the one thing that we've always understood is that <laughs> with um, the type of app that. We don't, we don't want to create, like, a Hope for the Day app because okay. we don't want it to just be about us. Right. We're actually working on some things to just create more, um, you, you know, technology-based uh, access points, you right. know, with, whether it's working more with Google, whether it's working mm-hmm. with more local businesses to better market themselves. Like, we have a lot of tools and stuff like that, but at the end of the day, it's just we have to realize that it's going to have to – we're going to have to start looking each other in the eyes, and that's why right. I'm like – we could do an app board where we can just train people to talk about, talk to their friends and family again because maybe they haven't in a long time and if right. they opened up, they'd realize that maybe Aunt Sue wasn't fucking crazy; she, she had bipolar <laughs> disorder, and we actually, you know, understand it's in our family, and maybe that's why, you know, certain people act certain ways.
1: Right. Exactly. You know. I, I was going to ask you what um, of your the things that you do, all of your training and things. What things do you feel have been the most successful?
0: I think the things that have been most successful for us is um, we offer a couple different workshops that are really, really entry level. You know, think about it like CPR for mental health type style. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are the who, the, the five Ws, the who, what, where, when, why, and how. You know, but like we, um, you know, it's just really our entry points. You know, mm-hmm. like we. Everything is about educating people and we've done such a great job with our coffee bags, with our beer partnerships, with mm-hmm. working with like missions, you know, star chefs to working with Nike on a running you know, event that um I don't know, it's just it's so inviting, you know, mm-hmm. and it's and it's making it where, you know, what people are like, why do you say completed instead of committed? And I said, Well, because the person wasn't a criminal.
1: Oh right.
0: You know, very simple, you know, right. like why why do vets some vets don't like, you know, being called vets. Well, right. cause they don't want to be looked at like they're weak, you know, like right. veterans have that kind of stigma, you know? Okay. So it's just important to realize that th- that there's so many ways that we can approach things, but it's by being able to educate during those mm-hmm. points is when you're going to be the most impactful. And that's what, you know, that's really where our success is, is by inviting people to that, you know, and like, mm-hmm. And being able to allow people to find grace, but also find similarity in who we are and who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we remain 100% non-clinical, yet we have a clinical advisory board because we, you know, we have a program called Things We Don't Say. It's literally why we don't, you know, go the clinical side. It's because we want to be able to tell, you know, every side of this, right. you know, be, be the guiding light and, and be, you know, the purveyor of some of the truth that people need to hear.
1: Right. I mean I think I think it's good that you're you've got some advisors though, but I understand that yep, we want to hear it a different way. That's so important. Because otherwise oh, yeah. it sounds un, it sounds uh unfeeling, you know, unconnected, disconnected and that sort of thing.
0: Well, on top of that, people are looking for that, you know, and that's mm-hmm. why we thrive on partnerships. We have great partnerships with, you know, very highly accredited organizations that either complement or partner do the work that we do together. And it's like that's only because that's what we're supposed to be doing, you know, but it's also to, to to get that same recognition because we have to, we have to mend, you know, the old with the young and the young with the old when it mm-hmm. comes to mental health and create more linear approaches instead of being like, oh, you're this type of person with this type of lifestyle and this thing. We're going to create this, this resource just for you. And it, it, instead, we need to be like good days, bad days.
1: Right, eat sleep, exactly. Eat sleep, shit, eat,
0: sleep, shit, and cry, you know. Right. Like, Right. Soda bottles.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's got to be that universal.
0: Yeah. Totally. And it can be. It's just what people are going to allow themselves to re- react to and, and right. be a part of because a lot of people go through regret. And they don't want to be labeled as someone who's lost someone or someone who's been crazy or, right. you know.
1: I'm pretty used pump, to that, so I'm okay. Yeah, with that. I mean. <laughs> I'm that good crazy, so people call me that all the time, but I'm okay with that. Um, You know, I wanted to get to know you a little bit more too, but before we get to that, I wanted to ask, aside from money, obviously, what else do you need for your organization? What do you, like if people wanted to contribute, what other ways could they contribute besides that, which is obvious, hopefully they'll do that too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, for us... Um, you know, money is obvi- obviously, but uh, opportunity, you know, we thrive on partnerships, local, big, small, doesn't matter, national, whatever. Like, people who want to be a part of Hope for the Navy need to realize that you can come here. Like, we don't really use the word volunteer. We only really do volunteers. Um, and we call them agents of impact, really, but we really, really don't focus on volunteers unless it's in, like, Chicago or while we're out on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, because we want to create, you know, people to – be able to be equipped with those tools to be proactive and be a part of Hope for in any way they want to. So the the only way we can properly do that is by, you know, inviting them to be a part of something bigger and giving them a slice of the the cake.
1: Do you think you'll expand Sip of Hope and have more of those around the country, like maybe in Madison, Wisconsin? How about that? What's your next (laughs) location? (laughs) Yeah, we've
0: actually already met with people about going to Madison, Wisconsin. Really? Uh, Cool. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, no. I, uh, you know, Sip of Hope is going to grow in Uh in its respective manners. Um, We've had over 60 different cities reach out and say, how do we get Sip of Hope here? And it it simply starts with, well, what are things that are just like Sip of Hope that you can bring resources into? You know, like not everyone has the money that we, you know, raised or need to do that, but Mm -hmm. There's other ways that sip of hope's going to grow, and one of those ways is going to be simply by, um, you, you know, like really, you, you know, manifesting what it is that it can be in the bag form, what can be in a, in a in just a concept form. Like, how do we bring this opportunity to more people? And you know, it's just it's it's available there. You know, it's it's there. Uh, it's just. Some people kind of like, come on, this would be so easy. I'm like, okay, let's start the list. Do you have a half million dollars to invest in this? And like,
1: oh. Yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden they get really quiet, right? Yeah.
0: yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah. It's like, you got to realize like this, this took a lot of time and effort. And right.
1: you need a building, um, you need all those things and people. Yeah. And, yeah. And
0: right. it's like, we can, we can do a couple different things to make this project grow. But at the same time, you know, like, I, I'm, I'm, I'd be a liar to say I only, if if we only, we're only going to have one location, I like to put into a couple locations across the world. You right.
1: know, it'd be fun. Absolutely, it's such a I mean, it's such a beautiful concept. You know, for people to show up and feel that us that when they go into the store or into the coffee shop, they're kind of, you know, embraced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So now about you. So we've heard a lot about your work and how you got into it and what you've done, and a little bit about your family. But I was wondering if you could share three random facts about yourself
0: um okay for sure yes um one is that people don't recognize uh because they really don't look at is that i'm uh i'm a quarter filipino and i and i'm deeply tied to um some people in (laughs) manila um and i look yeah no i really look forward to uh you know growing and, and holding on to that part of my family's history my uh, my grandpa- my grandparents you know they met while my uncle was on uh, or my grandfather my grandfather was on uh, <laughs> okay where on are we vacation. going on vacation <laughs> yeah 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 no, um, <laughs> my grandfather was on uh, vacation from the war and uh-huh. he met my grandmother and they got married after you know like 10 days <laughs> and oh, um, wow. Yeah, no, and my grandmother left uh, like fam- a family of servants and royalty in Manila to come to Lawrenceburg, Tennessee, then find her way to Peoria, Illinois. So she took uh, the, the, the she took the much uh, much more uh, <laughs> glamorous route. You can tell. Um, right. but, uh, you, you know, just being, uh, you, you know, being tied to the Philippines is just so fascinating to me. So mm. it's something that I, I try to cherish when I take people to, out for brunch. I try to take this place called uncle Mike's cause it's a Filipino breakfast spot and it's so good.
1: Oh, good to know. And that's in yeah. Chicago. Oh yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, another thing about me, um, one of my wishes in, this, in in life is to take an alpha one, um, micro submarine down to go see the Titanic um oh, I don't know
1: that's such know. a cool one
0: yeah I mean it's like one of my goals it's $42,000 to do it <laughs> I'm just like when I get through student loans when I buy a house when I retire
1: <laughs> Oh, wait! <laughs> you know? you can't wait till then yeah it can't be that yeah. long
0: no oh, no wow. I mean it's uh but it's it's so fun every time I fly to Europe I always, uh, like, watch the tracker on the plane, and I'm always like, oh, yeah, it's like right down there. There it is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> at least you're flying over it, right? That's one yeah, step one. Yeah, ab-
0: absolutely, right. absolutely. Where did, um, where,
1: did but, co- where did that come from, do you think? Like, what? I
0: So I have, um, so I think it's it's this. I'm I'm fascinated by water, okay. and I look at the ocean just like we look at our brains. Like we've only explored about 20% of the ocean and and we're doing the same thing with our brains, but like, it's so funny. It's like, it's all there, but like it's in the dark spots that we really have to go to see like the truth of Mm -hmm. what's really there. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the, the, the only place that the truth will be found is in the dark. And I, um, I don't know. I just, I'm I'm fascinated by that. And i am also just, water is very important to me other than being, you know, ha- having this, I get called Bobby Boucher a lot because of the water boy. And, um, <laughs> it's like, yeah, but my mom, my mom was actually a water specialist. So I do take that a little bit personally. Hmm. And
1: <laughs> what do you mean but a I, water specialist? What's that? Yeah.
0: She's, so my mom's a holis- holistic nut. Okay. Um, and one of the things she's, um, she is a, she's an alkaline water, uh, you know, healthy water advocate. Um, okay. and, and it's just, it's been something that we've brought into our whole family. Like everyone has like an alkalinity water machine, like, oh. and you know, it's just like, mm, it's the best water you can get, but I really
1: want to uh, meet your mom. I think that's, what's going to be the next thing here. I want to go down and hang out with your mom.
0: <laughs> I mean, she's a, she's quite, quite the. <sighs> the party. Um, <laughs> no, she's awesome. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I think that's just, uh, you know, to me, like, the ocean is just so fascinating also. And okay. and I realized that um, I live my life a little bit differently. And I know that my life is, is one that I'm always down for the adventure. And I think that being able to add that to my list of spontaneous crap that I've done in my life, mm-hmm would just be awesome it would just be very expensive and just probably a big not a waste of money but it'd be something that i i would only be able to really cherish and then like right because you can't even probably like post for like on instagram down there so uh and then so no live video feeds yeah okay no absolutely and then the other thing is that um i've been kind of vocal about a little bit lately is when I'm in my forties, I want to play upright bass in the good jazz band. You
1: want to play a bass in a good jazz band?
0: Yeah, I want to play an upright bass. Upright though. bass. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Oh, that guy.
0: Yeah, I kind of just <laughs> want to do that.
1: So, how are you going to get to that? What's your What's your plan?
0: Well, I'm, I am. I, I do play. Um, the I mean, upright I,
1: bass.
0: No, 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 no. I okay. I play guitar and I play drums, but. um, I've, I've definitely found myself fiddling around with bass, uh, you know, a bunch in my life, but uh-huh. I uh, I was like, man, I think I want to do that. I, th- I think that's what I, I want to do. I just kind of, that's going to be my, my ease. Um, you know, that, that and golf, like I golf a lot. Okay. Uh, lo- a lot of people are like, really? And it's funny because like, I'll go golf and I have like I have my hands tattooed and I have like sleeves uh-huh. and everyone's like you golf I'm like yeah what what the hell uh, but it's just those are those little things that I just find fascinating in life and, and I' just I hold on to you know for myself just because it's uh, I don't know, it's just fun.
1: Those were awesome random facts by the way. yeah I'm just like totally grinning here. those were great those are great. So, um, let's tell people where they can find you so they know, um, how to contribute and participate and ask for help if they need it.
0: Well, as long as they're not stalkers, um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you get a lot of that?
0: <laughs> no, no. Uh, it's just funny when people try to find me at the coffee shop, um, cause I pop in and pop out all the time from there. Uh-huh. When people try to come and find me there, it's pretty wild how, like, how good like the universe is to that, you know? Uh-huh. And, um. And it's just like it's it's I don't know maybe it's the vibe that, that I'm always you know waving this flag or anything like that. But um, the best way to get a hold of me is you know is obviously through the organization. We're completely open book. Literally, when you walk into our new office, the first um, office that you see is mine. And everyone's okay. like, "You want to be that guy?" I'm like, "Yeah." I'm like, "I got nothing to hide." Like, who gives a shit? Right. And like, right. "Wow," you know? It's like I just want I, I, I just want a door in my office so right. I can close, close it sometimes. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, it's easy. Um, everything on on the socials is just at hope for the day. And, um, my, you know, all my socials are just at Johnny Boucher, J O N N Y. No H in my name other than in the, in the, you know, last name for Boucher.
1: (laughs) Thanks for coming and hanging out with me and take care and keep saving lives.
0: I mean, that's the plan. I really don't have anything else on my calendar right now
1: (laughs) good one very good one thank you so much Johnny
0: I appreciate it thank you all right
1: hey everyone this is a pretty tough time of year for a lot of people this episode is coming out right after Christmas and before New Year's and I wanted to just mention to anyone listening to be sure to reach out to the people that you know and love even if they seem like they're not struggling in any way and they've got everything going great give them a call Um, keep in touch with people, make sure that nobody's becoming too isolated at this time of year, or just, I don't know, not being quite themselves, and remind them that it's okay to not be okay, and remind them that they are so valued and worthy and need to be part of this world. So I hope this inspired you to do so. If you need more information about how to talk to family and friends who are struggling, hop out to Hope for the Day and look for information there. And thanks for listening, everyone, and Happy New Year. So, are you following your passion, inspiring people, and willing to share your story? Then find me, because that's what I do. And remember, keep up with all the news by visiting GlisteningParticles.com and signing up for the newsletter where you'll get the inside scoop on where I'll be wandering next some guest updates and the latest random acquaintance story. For up to the moment shenanigans, follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you see me post from down the road at your local diner, be sure to drop everything and come say hi, because I love to meet the listeners. Until next time, keep shining.